we're in Daniel chapter 6 today. And so uh, after I pray, I, we'll just jump right in. And it's, again, one of, those, one of those stories that we've known since kindergarten, right? Daniel and the lion's den. Uh, but we'll, uh, we'll look to see what God has in store for us today. Almighty God and our Father in heaven, we thank you for this day. We thank you that already we can express thankfulness, that we can identify the way you have shown your mercy to us, and, and especially by bringing us together here in this place and for the purpose that we have gathered. So Lord, we ask that your Holy Spirit would be at work among us and in us and through us, and that uh, even in these moments, looking in, at Daniel and what he uh, experienced in his life and in his relationship with you would grant us strength and faith. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. So yeah, so Daniel chapter 6, and there's been this significant change in authority, as you recall. Babylon is done. I mean, pretty much almost like a fell swoop. And the Medes and the Persian, the Medo-Persian Empire has come in. I will just mention... Um, you know, we hear Darius a couple of times in here. It <coughs> appears as though now Darius is the new ruler. What we understand historically, because really Darius, the only place he's mentioned in history is here in the Holy Scriptures. He's not mentioned in some of the other archaeological or historical findings that we've come up with. And, uh, and what our best understanding has come to is ours. I mean, you know, the, those who know, right? right? Uh, is that Darius was... You know, Cyrus was the, the, the official ruler of the Medo-Persian Empire. Darius is probably one of his captains, for lack of a better way to say it, I guess. I mean, he was kind of, and he was given this province to be a ruler over. I mean, the Medo-Persian Empire was so big, and they had so many provinces, that they did have other, you know, people responsible. In so he was like a military governor of this. Yeah, very much like that. Very much like that, and governing this it, governing this contingency. And since this was dealing with the Jews in that that region, it probably didn't <coughs> wasn't was a, wasn't a wasn't highlight big enough to yeah. be right. recorded in. Yeah, I mean, even like when we started our our work in Daniel, and the fact that there were lots of things happening in other places around the globe that are not recorded in Daniel, but also like what you point out, Teresa, there's some things that recorded in Daniel that were not a big thing to the rest of the world. Nobody else in the Medo-Persian Empire cared that Daniel got thrown in a lion's den. Right. It's important for God's people. So again, you have that kind of... And because it was also a common place... Oh, I mean, why else would you have a den full of lions? Right. I mean, was, it was, this was, was just kind of a thing daily. that they did. Like Nebuchadnezzar had a furnace prepared for burning people. Um, what was that, Jess? Super hot. Yeah, yeah. super hot. Uh, Medo-Persians, they had pits with lions in them. Just ready for these kinds of things, and you wonder how often they were throwing people into these. I mean, life was so cheap. In this, in this <coughs> day that Daniel lived, life was so cheap, and so here we have a, another situation. I mean, they actually are continually prepared for taking life, and even Nebuchadnezzar, right? It was either the furnace, or I'll have you cut up into a million little pieces, or I mean, and that was just standard protocol. And if, if Nebuchadnezzar says that, you know it's going to happen. That's why all of his satraps and rulers and wise men, they knew he wasn't fooling around. Their life was nothing if they did not perform. 
And that's, again, I think a really important thing to keep in mind, even as we transition into the Medo-Persian rule. Life meant nothing. And, and there's, a, there's a benchmark there, I think, for us. You know, we've been blessed. We've been so blessed for that the history of this nation, human life, has been important. Truly has been. I mean, even, I mean, just look at our Constitution, right? Our Bill of Rights, our the, life has been important. We've had some struggles in our country over the years mm -hmm. of how that actually gets played out or how, it, how that works. But human life has always been important. Even just the fact that it's fought over. Mm -hmm. Is, is, a, is a, a sign, sign that, it's, that important. it's important. Yeah, yeah. But one of the signs of nations crumbling and imploding, crumbling from within, is when human life isn't important. And, and sometimes that's a, a sign of the end of an age or a rule of a certain when human life is no longer important. So just things to think about, right? Uh, so anyway, that's, so that's what we're going to hear now about Darius. And, and remember, right? So what did Daniel get um, at, for interpreting the dream for Belshazzar? There was the writing on the wall, and he interpreted it. He got the cloak and purple cloak. Yeah, purple cloak, gold, and? Promoted to third place. Third ruler. Yeah, third ruler, right behind Belshazzar and his father. So we have son of Nebuchadnezzar and grandson of Nebuchadnezzar, co-rulers in Babylon. And so Daniel was like third behind those two for a very short time. <laughs> About four hours. Yeah, give or take. <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, I don't even think the dishes were done. But uh, so then it really meant nothing. Daniel said, I don't want it. And it wasn't, you know, part of it might have been because he knew the end was near for Belshazzar and for Babylon. I think also, more pointedly, it's been his character Credit goes to God. Uh, you're not going to give me the credit. I don't, and it's those kind of phrases that show up in this book. The um, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, we don't need to defend ourselves to the king because we know the true king. And Daniel says over again, I don't need, to, I don't need this kind of thing. We're going to give credit to God. Don't give credit to me. So it's a humility. It's a faith. And it's what he's characterized by, which is important when we look at Daniel 6, because again, it's what he's characterized by. What is Daniel characterized by? So let's, uh, let's look at this together. It pleased Darius to appoint 120 satraps to rule throughout the kingdom. So now you have this, sorry, I can't get very far. Um, <laughs> not only is Darius probably a general over a province or a governor over a province, but now he's delegating other authority as well. And so he brings in 120 um, to rule in the various areas with three administrators over them and one of who was Daniel. So Daniel still ends up at the, um, at the top. The satraps were made accountable to them so that the king might not suffer loss. So these 120 are accountable to Daniel as well as the other two administrators that have been set up. Now Daniel so distinguished himself among the administrators, among those three, that the satraps by his exceptional qualities, um, let me see it. Now Daniel so distinguished himself among the administrators and the satraps by his exceptional qualities that the king planned to set him over the whole kingdom. 
I mean, Daniel just kind of keeps, and we see this throughout other stories and other people's lives in Scripture. Um, Joseph, for one, right? I mean, they even in the dungeon, the, the guy over the dungeon says, I see these qualities in Joseph, so now you're in charge of the dungeon. Um, you know, Potiphar says, I see these qualities in you. The Lord is with you. You're over my whole house. Pharaoh sees these qualities in him, that the Lord is with him. You're in charge of all of Egypt. And we see this. God's people who live by faith in God seem to rise for this, that occasion. Just like Esther, right? For just such a time as this, God has put you in this time and place. Um, and so elevated to queen over, right, this whole empire. <coughs> Set him over the whole kingdom. At this, the administrators, those other two, and the satraps tried to find grounds for charges against Daniel and his conduct of government affairs, but they were unable to do so. I am, I am convinced, and nobody's been able to prove me wrong yet, I am convinced that somebody who has been impacted by the gospel, it impacts all of them in everything they do. So Daniel, who has been impacted by the hope of a Savior, right? He's before Christ, but he still, his faith is in a future Christ. And so he is, he is trusting in God. And even his trust in God impacts how he does his governmental affairs. See, there's nothing left untouched in a person by the gospel. It's not like it's just sequestered over here to Sundays or sequestered over here to eternity and heaven, or sequestered over here, right? It impacts everything. Even the way we do our work, the way we work at the office or with, engage with other people. And so, you know, here they couldn't find anything. Daniel made no mistakes in his government and the way he dealt with people and, and administrated his position that they could bring him up on charges. That's powerful. That's hope, I think, for me. It's hope that if the gospel continues to have its way in me, then, I mean, and that's what Peter says when Peter writes his epistle. When you suffer on account of things that you deserve suffering for, I mean, I can just see Peter. That's, that's your problem, <laughs> you know. But if you suffer because of Christ, if you suffer because they've had to make something up about you, I mean, we could go on and on. Some of their examples, right? You have Jesus on trial, and nobody could, they couldn't find a single witness. And they had people coming in and giving false witness and just trying to find anybody who would say anything. It wasn't until Jesus finally testified about himself, and they go, oh, we've got a confession now, and now we can run with it. But until then, they, nobody could find any charge, of course. Um, so, so again, I, just, I had to pause there and bring that up because I, I think in Daniel's life, that's a powerful example for us. And it's not a message that says, okay, now go out and do it right then. It's, may the gospel penetrate your core. May the gospel penetrate everything about who you are. I go so far as to think that even a culture that's been impacted by the gospel becomes a, and I, I borrow this phrase from one of my professors, a superior culture. A culture that has been impacted by the gospel of Jesus Christ because it elevates it. It elevates the culture. 
you know, and in a world where, I mean, I can't tell you, and I mean this, I don't, I, I just, I can't tell you how many multicultural classes I've sat in on as a counselor and as a professor at, you know, a faculty at the University of Nevada. I mean, it's just continual, right? But the thing is, most of those multicultural classes keep saying, you know, these things that are unhealthy about this culture, we need to accept them and approve them, right? It's not about honoring people. It's about saying the things in their culture we approve. Does that make sense? It's a different twist on it. When, in fact, the scriptures are replete with honoring all people. But not every culture is okay. And not everything about every culture. There's things in our culture that are not okay. And so, you know, it's, it's distinguishing those things. But again, a, a, a culture or a person that's truly been impacted by the gospel of Jesus Christ, it transforms them, changes them, and I think elevates so, having said that, anybody want to disagree with me on that? Because like I said, I mean, nobody's ever... Okay. So, uh, they tried to do this against Daniel and his conduct of government affairs, but they were unable to do so. They could find no corruption in him because he was trustworthy and neither corrupt nor negligent. Whew. Finally, these men said, we will never find any basis for charges against this man, Daniel, unless it has something to do with the law of his God. Somebody had a bright idea. We're never going to find anything to charge or bring against him. Nothing we can do to malign him or unless, unless it has something to do with his faith in his God. So the administrators and the satraps went as a group to the king and said, O King Darius, live forever. The royal administrators, prefects, satraps, advisors, and governors have all agreed that the king should issue an edict and enforce the decree that anyone who prays to any god or man during the next 30 days, except you, O king, shall be thrown into the lion's den. So thoughts. I'd love to hear what your thoughts are on the, the work of our satraps and administrators. They, uh, they figured something out. They, they did. They are being very resourceful underhanded would be a way to put it. How would that sound to King Darius? Great. Great. Depend, yeah, it depends. Flattering. If that's what he wants, yeah, you know, very that's like the golden flattering. ticket, right? Yeah, <laughs> the golden ticket to the <laughs> Willy Wonka chocolate factory. Right. Yeah. There's an idiom for you. Right. Sure it does. Absolutely. And we see this continue to be a theme in Daniel. You have those who are arrogant and proud and how that determines how they live and shapes their decisions and their behaviors and you have those who live by faith and in humility and how that shapes very I mean couldn't be more polar opposite and so yes yeah, one more story so if flattery feeds his pride it's that golden ticket and now he has these other his those who he has appointed coming to him and saying oh king live forever so we're for you we think you should do this because it would really set you Part really elevate you instead of right. Any other thoughts? Manipulating. Very, yeah. And so you have um, not only you have feeding the king's, you know, pride, but you have jealousy, manipulation, orchestrating, orchestrating that. Wow. 
I'm wondering how much these satraps administrators have ever agreed on before. <laughs> but all of a sudden they have a common, common goal, common enemy in Daniel. It's kind of so, interesting because I knew they prayed to other gods, but I didn't realize they, that praying to the king would have been a thing. Sure. And, I mean, so. and that's, been, that's been through a lot of, I mean, Pharaoh saw him himself as divine and people, he was one of the top gods. And then you have Nebuchadnezzar who wanted everybody to worship him. I mean, it's that pagan mindset. That, that proceeds even to this day, the emperor of Japan. Oh, sure. Back in the time of World War II, he was a deity. Oh, for sure. Then, and he was completely untouchable by everything. Yeah. So. And, and Dylan, you bring up an important point, I think, to keep in mind that, you know, <clears throat> this isn't like, I mean, these were highly civilized people. Right. Right. And I think sometimes in our Western mindset, we look at this and we treat it like it's a children's story. And we treat it like, well, that doesn't happen today. Yeah, it happens today. And there are rulers on this globe who see themselves as a deity or wannabe deities, or they act like they're a deity. So again, it's... Look at the different cults and things that have arisen in this country even. Sure. And we go back in the 90s. Back in the 90s? David Koresh, everybody thought he was Jesus. Yeah. And they worshipped him and followed him. Yeah. And these are civilized highly advanced society. Mm -hmm. Even what, Teresa, you brought up a moment ago about it surprises you to hear that people would pray to the king as if he's going to answer their prayers, right? I mean, that's kind of the thought process there. But they were turning to the king, I mean, and now by a a rule, an edict, but the, the idea was that you would turn to the king for your security, for your provision, for your salvation. And we have people, we're surrounded by people that are turning to government, for example, to be, give them their security, to give them their provision, give them their salvation. So whether or not even if the, so it's a both sides of the coin, I think, whether somebody is trying to set themselves up and say, I'm God and you should pray to me, or it's just by default that everybody is looking, looking to them. Me. Yeah, that's what you were going to say, Craig? Sorry. sorry. No. They're looking for it. Yeah, looking for them to provide that for them. And and what's, you know, the first commandment tells us, don't look to anything or anyone else except the one true God. Four, provision, security, salvation, those kinds of things. So I think it's both. But again, so flattery and, and pride feeding for the king. You have this greed and jealousy and bitterness. I think that bitterness leads to the manipulation that you point out for us, Delisa. They are bitter people because the king was going to elevate Daniel and not them, and they're bitter. Isn't it ironic? They are upset with the king. They don't like his choice, but they're going to take it out on Daniel and at the same time flattering the king. And they put an end time period on it so they don't have to keep doing it. Bam. (laughs) You thought it was for them? Maybe so. I hadn't thought about that. Maybe so. Well, because they're saying anybody has to bow. Yeah, they couldn't keep it longer than 30 days. So it's uh, well, we better put an ending on this because we don't want to keep doing it. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah. we're going to have to keep doing it. Otherwise, we'll end up in the lion's den. Maybe a little foreshadowing there, but um, that's I hadn't thought about that. That's yeah, incredibly important. They put a limiting factor on it for their own sake. It's also intriguing that they think they can catch Daniel in 30 days. But they only need 30 days to catch him. 
They only so need a day. Stand to gain? <laughs> what did the satraps stand to gain? I mean, was it pure jealousy, or was it uh, where there's multiple people doing this? It was obviously something bigger than that. It was more than just one or two guys trying to get him out of there to get his position. Yeah, I would so think jealousy, huge component. Jealousy drives us to do crazy things. Wouldn't you agree? Didn't like his influence. Right, the influence, the scales were being tipped. Daniel was going like to see at first. I think it what was Brett's asking though is, if there's only one position that Daniel's in, like, how are they? How are all yeah. of these guys going to? Who's going to get it? Who's going to benefit? Right. Yeah. Where do these guys stand? What are they hold? They have somebody in mind to put in that position that will listen to what they want to further their cause. Yeah. Daniel's not going to listen to them. Right. Yeah, right. Daniel's going to do what's right. And they just need a figurehead to put in there that they can pull the strings on. Yeah. Well said, Dylan. That's how they... This is modern-day politics. It absolutely. Exactly. <laughs> this is definitely... Some world things, politics from the beginning. Yeah, some things don't change. <laughs> so that's what they have to gain. So again, not only... But uh, and along but, with but that, Daniel's that not... Is. We don't know that. Right. No, it's not spelled out for yeah, us. We're having to speculate yeah. a little bit, but we do know this. These two powerful things... In, in response to what Dylan brought up. One is, he's proven that he is loyal to the king and they can't find fault in anything he does in his government and leading affairs. So Which means he can't be bought. Can't be bought. Yeah. Yep. They know that they, they can't influence him. It'll be futile. And they'll end up in trouble if they try. Right. right? Second thing is, he's still a Jew. And even though he's been in Babylon for 60 plus years now, they still know he's a Jew. He's not one of them. And so I think it goes back to that, you know, maybe maybe they are they know they aren't gonna pull the strings, they can't can't buy him off, they can't bribe him, but also he's just not one of them. And so it's just not right for the king to do this. It should be one of us. So whether it's one of the hundred and twenty or whether it's the other two administrators, or whether it's just somebody that they would choose, it's just they are against it. And so they're they hate Daniel. Just like Joseph's brothers hated him. I mean, was it jealousy that ruled in their hearts? Absolutely. It says they hated Joseph for that he was the favorite. They were so jealous of him. And then, and then when he says that I'm going to rule over you, oh, no, you're not. And here you have the satraps and the administrators saying, Daniel's going to rule over us? I don't think so. So I think those are some of the issues. I don't think it's that any one of them thought that they wanted that spot. I think either, this is my speculation and some other commentating on it, either they want to be able to put their own person in there or they don't think anybody should have it. They, they just disagree with the king's decision here. So best way, get rid of Daniel. Uh, but again, even that 30 days, there's a, I think there's a component there of why it's so important for the time frame. So, verse 10, now when the, um, no, did I skipped something? Yeah, I did, sorry. Back up to when they give him the idea. So now in verse 8, O king, issue the decree and put it into writing so that it cannot be altered in accordance with the laws of the Medes and the Persians, which cannot be repealed. So King Darius put the decree in writing. And that's, again, just a thing that we've seen throughout the history of these nations. And when we get to Esther, the book of Esther, and Artaxerxes, you know, Mordecai gets it. No, Haman gets him to kill, all, you know, schedule a day to kill all the Jews. He puts it in writing, and he even says to Esther, I can't undo it. 
And you're kind of like, wait a minute, you're the king. Can't be undone. And even here on Christ the King, this is really tying in with the sermon today. Um, on Christ the King Sunday, when we celebrate Christ as King, when Christ says it, his word can't be undone. He will not go back and say, oh, I want to change that. Doesn't undo it. And so even now, as Darius is going to find out something horrific, he can't undo it because it's signed, sealed. So in verse 10, now when Daniel learned that the decree had been published, what did he do? He went home to his upstairs room where his windows opened toward Jerusalem, and he prayed. <laughs> the very thing he wasn't supposed to do. <laughs> now, let's think about this for a minute. It's 30 days. Really, Daniel, you can't just go 30 days. What do you think? Or you can't do it secretly without yeah, the window being open. Yeah. <laughs> and and we're going to find out in a minute, he prays out loud. <laughs> so. It sounds so much like Islam, kind of, where they pray towards oh, Mecca three times sure. a day on the rug. I'm wondering, I mean, I don't, before, had they put a thing out where they all had to face Jerusalem and pray three times a day? I, I'm unaware of anywhere else in Scripture that says that. Keeping in context the pre-Christ believer, where did they meet God? In the temple. Where did they pray to God? In the temple. Well, the temple's destroyed. But for the pre-Christ believer like Daniel, boy, that's... That's where we met with God. Why it was so, when we talked about it in the beginning of the book, why it was so devastating. Because everything they lost, they also lost their, their, their connection. connection, their place. <coughs> so for Daniel, I think it's uh, um, facing Jerusalem because that's where we would meet with God. Still by faith. Um, but I think that that's, because I can't find anywhere in writing that, I mean, in the Word of God that says. That's what all the people Right. I, I, I know, because I was always like, that sounds so Islamic. Yeah. Probably they, they borrowed Maybe it from they us. They got it from Yeah. <laughs> so. And it increased it to five. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I think, to your comment, it's, that's who Daniel is. He's done everything else in faith. Why would he change now? Mm -hmm. But how Dylan, really, I mean, come on. It's 30 <laughs> days. But how would he Couldn't feel about himself if he changed that? Exactly. And he knew the king influenced his faith. I mean, he'd probably feel that way. That, his king, that the king influences faith, faith to you know, God. Yeah, so King Darius, this temporal king. He's yeah, seen right. a few kings mm -hmm. and come and go, right? Right, right, right. Yeah, rather than the almighty God. Mm -hmm. And maybe he... Maybe he had, maybe that was just his way of showing confidence in God. I know you'll protect him. Yeah. Well, know, and, and like you brought up, yeah, Craig, what you brought up for us is this is his natural pattern. When Nebuchadnezzar yeah. says, we need somebody to interpret the dream, what does he do? He gets the guys together and they pray. Mm -hmm. When every time there's an issue, what does Daniel do? He goes before God and he prays. So much so, and like you pointed out, I mean, this is just who he is, his relationship with God. And he's not going to change it because of some edict. I mean, he stood before, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego stood before Nebuchadnezzar and said, we're not going to change. We're not going to bow down. Throw us in the furnace. Right? Daniel says, I'm not going to bow down. And even if it means the lion's down. Not going to even hide it. Not he even going to hide it. 30 days, but you also pointed out earlier, this is 60 plus years that he's been there doing the same thing. Yeah, yeah. 
there's no comparison. The reason I'm, the reason I'm going up, yeah, I mean, the reason, and I'm just, I'm, I'm including, I mean, I'm pointing the fingers at myself. I mean, how many of us would have just said, okay, God, um, shut, those, shut the shade. I'll see you in 30 days. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to pray here, before it's light. I'm going to pray after it's dark, you know, and, and I, you know, I'll even, if I talk like yeah. that. <laughs> <laughs> Wouldn't that be the temptation to hide it, for me. to cover it? Can you pray in Morse code? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> but, um, the point would, would have benefited anybody if I died at this point. I mean, uh, if we put it into today's context, right. it's like, okay, if I do this, will I benefit anybody, or am I better off to do this behind the scenes and figure out a better way than death? Yeah. At this point. No, important point, Brett. So who benefits from Daniel carrying on as he is committed to, as his faith would dictate for him? I think that's the word I want to use there. His faith in the one true God dictates his behavior. And we benefit 2,000 years later because mm -hmm. it's in writing. Mm -hmm. And, you know, but at this point forward... Yeah, but who benefited in that day? The other believers. People around yeah. him. And non-believers. Non that was Everybody. one of the things that set him apart, was that very thing. And so if he were So having been impacted by the gospel, impacted his integrity. Right. And impacted. so others were watching. Lots of people were watching. Him. The satraps think they're going to benefit. Oh, sure they do. Yeah. I mean, there's lots of people who think they're going to benefit. I mean, and so obviously now they're laying in wait. They can't wait. For this moment, I mean, I'm guessing they're outside the window right now. I didn't have video cameras It's the tapes that disappeared. <laughs> that seems to be with their pattern too. They're doing this for 30 days because they know at some point yeah. they're going to have somebody available to stand there and watch and say, "Yep, he did it." Yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh -huh. Well, it's like that Christian woman recently that lost her life over in the Middle East, mm -hmm. and they named the attack on uh, one of the big big wigs in the uh, ISIS after her. So she influenced a lot of people in today's setting. And I think that's, thank you, Brett. We don't know. We don't know who's going to be impacted. That's not the question. I don't think that's the question on the table. I don't think Daniel's thinking about who's going to be impacted either today or thousands of years later if I go to my window and pray today being faithful. And I think that's the message for all of us. Our faith in Christ leads to faithful living. And it doesn't change on a whim. It doesn't change depending on what's happening around us or who's dictating something. And whether it be, whether it be tomorrow our government says no more meetings in churches or whether it's some pressure we're getting from work or neighbors or... You probably didn't even think about it. I mean, it probably wasn't even a conscious thought to hide. I think it was, I need strength from God, so I'm going to go yeah. pray. So he's not thinking, well, I better do it in secret so I don't get caught. That wasn't mm -hmm. something that wasn't even on his, yeah. a conscious thought for him. No, it was, I'm going to turn to, here's a situation. I'm going to turn to God. I'm going to turn to God, like I, I always do. And, and his faith was that God would provide an answer. Yeah. For was it the answer he was looking for? Might not have been. Might not have been. Thank you, Janetta. Thank you. 
So. Is it ever the answer we're looking for? Say that again. Is it ever the answer we're actually looking for? Uh, many times. It's the one that, is it, it's the one that God is. Then it's a faith thing, right? It's back right. to God's will, not yours. God's perfect, pleasing will. Right. See, Daniel, uh, he was living out what Paul writes about in Romans that we will prove that God's will is perfect. Right. Whether it was because God's will is perfect. That's the statement. Daniel is living in God's. I don't know how else to say that. It's not. It's not coming out quite right. But he's proving that God's will is perfect. He's fulfilling the purpose of God's will in his life. Yeah. And it does it all simply by living by faith. Right. Yeah. So whether things are going great, been promoted to one of the top three, or there's consequences. Daniel knew. He heard the edict. If I don't, if I pray to anyone other than King Darius for the next thirty days, I'm in the lion's den. So what does he do? He prays. He prays for wisdom. He prays for God's intervention. He prays for strength and courage. I would have found catnip. <laughs> <laughs> Still on catnip. Um, praise. I think he prayed the prayer that never fails. Your will be done. So, three times a day he got down on his knees and prayed, giving thanks to his God. Like Paul says, give thanks in all circumstances. Just as he had done before. So again, I mean, he didn't just start right then either. It wasn't like a rebellious thing. It wasn't like he was thumbing his nose at King Darius or these administrators or satraps. He just faithful, as he has always done. Then these men went as a group and found Daniel praying and asking God for help. So they went to the king and spoke to him about his royal decree. Did you not publish a decree that during the next 30 days, anyone who prays to any god or man except to you, O king, would be thrown into the lion's den? I'm sure Darius is like, um, yeah, yesterday. <laughs> the king answered, the decree stands in accordance with the laws of the Medes and Persians, which cannot be repealed. And then they said to the king, Daniel, who is one of the exiles from Judah. So again, they bring up the fact that he's Jewish pays no attention to you. Is that true? No. Pays no attention to you, O king, or to the decree you put in writing. I think he's paying a lot of attention to it. That's why he's praying. When the king heard this, he was greatly distressed, and he was determined to rescue Daniel and made every effort until sundown to save him. That's, now that speaks something about Daniel's witness, that even this pagan king would do everything he could to save Daniel from his own edict. So the um, ESV, mm -hmm. yeah. I like how they say it, and he labored till sun was down. Mm. Labored. Labored, because that's like, that's a lot of effort put into it. It, it sure sounds like, the, and the way it's translated for us, thank you Jess, is that this became the king's all-day priority. All day. He was going to do everything he could to save Daniel's life. But in the end, he realizes, even he realizes, he cannot save Daniel. He can't save anyone. That's a powerful moment. And Daniel's not looking to the king to save him either. So, these uh, men went as a group and found Daniel. Where am I now? 15. 15, sorry. Then the men went as a group to the king and said to him, Remember, O king, the accordance 
that according to the law of the Medes and Persians, no decree or edict that the king issues can be changed. So the king gave the order, and they brought Daniel and threw him into the lion's den. The king said to Daniel, May your God, whom you serve continually, rescue you. Now a stone was brought and placed over the mouth of the den, and the king sealed it with his own signet ring and with the rings of his nobles, so that Daniel's situation might not be changed. I mean, there's a... Take a while to unpack that. Right? And then the king returned to his palace and spent the night without eating, without any entertainment being brought to him, and he could not sleep. He stayed up all night long. This is unusual. This is very unusual. And so Daniel... Living out the gospel had impacted this king significantly. Even back to verse 16, I mean, the king could have just said, may your God rescue you. Mm -hmm. But there's that pause in there, whom you serve continually. Yeah, there was no secret. Daniel, there was no secret whom, who Daniel served. And the king recognizes that your God has power. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. He doesn't feel like he has the right to ask God himself. Because he, he doesn't have a faith, relation, faith relationship with God at this point. But he's kind of, it's, boy, Daniel, I hope the God you serve will save you. I couldn't save you. I hope your God can. Wow. And there was people listening because they're all putting their signet ring stamps on the stone and it's a whole thing. I'm guessing all 120 satraps and all the other two administrators and a whole bunch of people. I mean, it's a crowd. Something happening here. So, and then he spends all night worrying, fretting, because again, he doesn't have a faith relationship with God to turn it over to him. So he's worried all night long. I think it speaks about the relationship and the respect he had for Daniel. He didn't want to lose Daniel, didn't want this to happen to Daniel, but powerless still. And so what, what do you have when you're powerless? Worry. That's what you have. And Kings probably didn't spend a lot of time feeling powerless. No, or worrying about the person they just threw in the den, you know. Typically, they would have still eaten, and they still had the entertainment, and it was just one more, again, life is cheap, one more gone. One, one, one less mouth to feed. Mm -hmm. Yeah. At the first light of dawn, the king got up and hurried to the lion's den. When he came near the den, this, this amazes me, when he came near the den, he called to Daniel in an anguished voice, Daniel, servant of the living God, has your God, whom you serve continually, been able to rescue you from the lions? And the answer is yes. The answer is yes. Daniel says, O king, live forever. My God sent his angel, and he shut the mouths of the lions. They have not hurt me, because I was found innocent in his sight. Important phrase there. I was found innocent in his sight. He was guilty in the sight of the satraps and the administrators. He was guilty in the eyes of King Darius. But he was not guilty. In fact, he was innocent in the eyes of God. What makes us innocent in the eyes of God? The righteousness of Christ. The righteousness of Christ. How... How do we receive the righteousness of Christ? Faith. It's been that way from the beginning and will be until the end. We receive the righteousness of Christ through faith. What was that, Craig? I said, yeah, just faith. And, yeah. and it's, it's really, you know, you see 
these uh, verses, it's really, it's humbling to the king. You know, he goes from this elevation where, you know, he's saying, oh yeah, everybody's got to pray to me, pray to me. And then he tries to, he realizes what happened. And he tries to save him, realizes he can't. And then he's, he's starting to turn things over to God. Mm -hmm. You know, he, he can't do anything. So. And it's interesting, right? Thanks, Craig, for bringing that up. Because what I think we can safely say in this moment is Darius's faith is in Daniel's faith. Yeah. I wonder if that's connected to what Daniel said to him then. Because in all previous encounters with any of the other kings, he's never said, I'll live forever. He's never said, O king, live forever. No, right. In this, in but here he does. Yeah, it's interesting. It, it's very interesting. Uh, and I'm not sure exactly, but I think it speaks to the relationship between Daniel and the king it's I think so. been a, you know he's wanting the king to be blessed and and I'm not going to read too much into it Dylan I mean I don't but how would the king there's live probably nothing to read into it but I found it very interesting. yeah how would this king live forever faith, faith, faith in the living God right so I again I'm not going to read too much into it but I wouldn't it wouldn't surprise me if that's Daniel's heart it wouldn't surprise me at all if that's Daniel's heart that this king would turn to the true king in faith and, in fact, live forever. So, yeah, so he says, you know, I've been innocent. I am innocent in the eyes of God. I am righteous in the eyes of the living God because of faith. And then he says, nor have I ever done any wrong before you, king. Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah. And, and I think, you know, what a powerful thing to be able to say. Whether Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, we don't have to defend ourselves to you or not done anything wrong to you either king most importantly is I'm innocent in the eyes of God I think again here's the here's the thing for the king Darius to keep in mind Craig you, your comments made me think of this as well is that he's in the lion's den because supposedly he did something against the king yeah right? and yet Daniel can say I didn't do anything against you either I didn't do it yeah well and the king God's authority is higher. And the, the edict was because of manipulation. Right. The king wouldn't probably wouldn't have made it on his own, but it was obviously a setup. Mm -hmm. So Daniel's saying, even It certainly wasn't with you, any intent to harm you. Right. Yeah. So the king was overjoyed. and get, Oh, back to the, I think, you know, so as you point out, Craig, maybe something's stirring in the king's heart. Um, but how often... Does faith in someone else's faith lead to their own faith? And that's, that's a tremendous thing when not only are we changed by the gospel, but the way we live faith in Christ, then also other people will, it might be the first step to say, you know, I'm not there yet, trusting this Christ, but boy, I see in you. I'm going to trust it. I'm going to trust what you say. And also, probably seeing all of Daniel, but then having that night of anger. Total anguish. Oh, yeah. That's a lot of thinking time. To, to this God of Daniel, just saying, "Oh Lord, please, you know." Yeah. He trusts you. If you're really if you're there, there, God. If this is who you are, save then please. Him. And so, when it comes true, then that also, and that's how I mean, for a lot of people, when they come to really that saving faith, mm -hmm. is when they go through those moments in their life that are just horrible and tough, and then they have seen other people's faith, and that's when. They also pray out to that same God. Yeah, yeah. Thanks, Delisa. That's great. And notice, we don't know what Daniel did all night. We know the king 
was in anguish and anxiety all night long. The Bible story. We, we don't books. The kids' books makes have it sound like you with curled up with them. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So <laughs> since the bell rung, um, the king was overjoyed and gave orders to lift Daniel out of the den. And when Daniel was lifted from the den, no wound was found on him because he had trusted in his God. At the king's command. The men who had falsely accused Daniel were brought in and thrown into the lion's den. Falsely accused, he broke the law. But like you pointed out, it was a law um, of falsehood. They were thrown in to the lion's den along with their wives and their children. And before they even reached the floor of the den, the lions overpowered them and crushed all their bones. I want to point out something. Yeah. I think that when Daniel was in the den, it was probably a very similar experience to the fiery furnace. Well, yeah, you said the angel of the Lord. I sent an angel, mm-hmm. and they shut them out of the lights. Yeah. So there was probably two of them down there. They had a probably very wonderful conversation. I'm, I'm sure. sure. Probably, you know, it's not quite like um, Barnabas being brought back from heaven. But I am guessing that when they actually removed the stone, Daniel's like, already? Already done? <laughs> I, I was having a good time here with the right. angel of the Lord. Yeah. Yeah. And, but don't thank you. I don't mean to be facetious. No. When we're in the presence of Christ, no matter what the circumstances are around us, when we're in the presence of Christ, we're safe. Yeah. Father in heaven, thank you so much. And may these words that we have contemplated, uh, words that were penned and things that happened a long time ago, may they still give us assurances and reason for faith in you today. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey everyone, with the holidays quickly approaching, we would like to invite you to a number of services that are not on our typical Sundays. We have on Thursday, Thanksgiving Day, we have a service at 10 a.m. So please put the turkey in the oven, as Pastor Dinger says, and then come to church. And then also Wednesdays in December, leading up to Christmas, we have our Advent worship services and programs. We have um, choir nights and Christmas around the world and high school drama and much more to look forward to. So please be checking our website and our Facebook for more details.